0: How do everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chilling in the State House. I am Andrew Ball, one half of the Topeka Capital Journal Statehouse team, and I am joined by my better half, Jason Tidd. Jason, how are you, sir? Couldn't be better. And we are joined, as always, by the esteemed John Hanna of the Associated Press. John, good to have you back. Well, and like Jason, I couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. Um, well... We all we all really couldn't be better because last week we got to take a field trip. Our bosses dared to let us out of our lairs in the statehouse. And Jason, where did we go? E-I-E-I-O.
1: We went to the Hutchinson, well, the state fair in Hutchinson. Uh, after we found our media parking, uh, we happened across some pig judging. And the way they... Uh, did they, did they bring home the bacon? Well, maybe only one I don't know which one was the champion, but I distinctly remember the uh whoever was conducting the judging or the commentating as the judging was happening really sounded like a state fair debate commentator (laughs) and in how he was describing the pigs they just seemed like they could have been political candidates
0: so when we were talking about uh, horse race coverage of campaigns perhaps this was taking it a little literally just with pigs
2: Yes. Well, and and I have to say there were some quite impressive live chickens in the uh, poultry arena. Because we're
0: all three of us are qualified to judge the quality of poultry and livestock. Yes. yes. When when I
1: was in 4-H, I uh, did not participate in animal activities. What did you do? Art and uh, foods and rocketry for a bit. Uh, we, we had animals on we'll the farm, se- we'll we just didn't ever do them in
0: 4-H. We'll send you an in to evaluate the quilts. I stumbled into the quilt building while looking for a bathroom, some really nice quilts. Yes. Uh, we were not there, to sp- we, we were there, despite the sounds of this, to work, we promise. No, no, for seen, our some of us were there were
2: for the food, right? We, we, oh, we, we'll get to that, don't worry. Yeah.
1: And by working, we it didn't mean that we were covering the new liquor laws.
0: <laughs> yes. To Our editors, who I'm pretty sure took my multiple joke out that perhaps a little too literally. Um, we were there biennial, the annual, uh, biennial actually. Uh, yes, annual every election cycle, I suppose, but that that words do have meanings. Um, the the biennial uh state fair debate, which kind of is like the big kickoff for the general election cycle, although it might kind of started the the week before this year, and uh incumbent Democratic governor Laura Kelly her GOP challenger uh, attorney General Derek Schmidt on the debate stage for the first time and as Jason is fond of saying the penultimate time because there's only two debates and it was a pretty interesting affair uh, I thought we we got questions kind of on a whole different range of policy areas and the candidates at times did not answer questions on a whole range of policy areas and instead pivoted to their talking and, and kind of what were some of the takeaways that that you got from the the raucous and rambunctious down in Hutch.
1: Well, the economy uh, was perhaps the biggest talking point. Uh, I had the most time devoted to it, uh, in part because candidates really let take questions and turn it into talking points on the economy. Uh, for Derek Schmidt, it was talking about inflation. Uh, as he has for the past several months, trying to tie Laura Kelly to Joe Biden and Bidenflation. Uh, and Laura Kelly talking about economic development, Panasonic, jobs created, low unemployment. Uh, we, we've had coverage on this, and we've talked about it before. If you uh, want to judge the state of the Kansas economy, it really depends on which politician you ask.
0: And really which statistics you kind of want to cherry pick to uphold your point of view. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Well, and I thought that there was an interesting moment when um, the candidates were asked in sort of a backhanded way about abortion and the Mm -hmm. constitutional amendment. Abortion still looms large. Abortion still looms large. In
1: the state fair debate context, this was probably the single groundbreaking news that came up. Everything else was regurgitating talking points and getting off some comment was new,
2: well, and 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 what happened was, uh, first of all, they got a question about uh, retaining sup- the six Supreme Court, six of seven Supreme Court justices that are on the ballot. Um, only one of them is the conservative justice Caleb Stigall, perceived as a conservative justice Caleb Stigall. Um, the rest are either justices who were in the majority on the 2019 decision. Uh, uh, supporting abortion rights, or they were Kelly's appointees. All three of Kelly's appointees are on the ballot. And so they the candidates were asked, would they vote to retain them for another six years? Kelly said yes, and Derek Schmidt said some of them, but not all of them, without being more specific, either during the debate or afterwards. But in the course of answering that question, he kind of sought to mitigate any potential uh i don't know what you want to call it backlash hurt from supporting the proposed constitutional amendment on the ballot in august that went down the one that would have allowed the legislature to uh greatly restrict or ban abortion and so he said he turned it around and said essentially what was not on the ballot was governor kelly's position which he characterized basically as
0: abortion on demand um and a to, position that is maybe a misrepresentation of her voting record in the Kansas Senate. Well, although
2: she did vote against basically every, almost every restriction that's now yeah. on the book and books, and 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 you know she would say, yeah, almost every. I think the one I remember her voting for is. The restrictions on insurance coverage, but that was part of a much bigger bill. But suffice it, all the major pieces of restrictions that were enacted under former Republican Governor Sam Brownback, she pretty much voted against them. And so uh, Schmidt and his campaign argued that she's for abortion on demand, and her response was, well, I am confident that voters were with me in opposing the amendment and government interference with private decisions.
0: Well, the interesting thing, and and Jason, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, is the governor to date, during the course of the ramp up to the primary vote, and even in the days after the primary vote, has not used abortion as a major issue. She's focused on the economy, mainly. Um, Were you surprised at all to hear her so enthusiastically discuss this?
1: I mean, it, it came in response to a question... Uh, about the issue, and I it it didn't seem very aggressive in the response it It was you know, I support women's rights, and I think voters do too essentially well um, and then, wordier. and then
2: later, you know her response to Schmidt's characterization was something like uh I've never said that he's making that up, and of course the Schmidt people don't feel they're making it up at, at all. Their argument is no that their assessment is based
1: on her." Largely legislative voting record. And I I get the sense that she doesn't particularly like it as a political issue. That she doesn't want to get into the details of it or talk about it at length. But she does see that it was an issue that uh, Democrats can do well on after the August 2nd vote.
2: Well, and and you know, for three decades, Democrats have, who support abortion rights, and it's increasingly become a larger and larger percentage of people who identify with the party as, you know, social conservatives have kind of moved toward the Republican camp, um, have really, really soft pedaled their support for abortion rights in most areas of the state, maybe Johnson County, uh, being the exception Lawrence, but, um, you know, and it was always on the theory that, uh, it being very strongly in support of abortion rights might turn off voters you needed to win moderate Republicans, independents, and arguably the vote on August the second against the amendment raised some questions about how much room there is to talk about abortion rights. And many Democrats think there's a lot of room. The, the, The issue is is that the polling consistently shows that while most Americans did not want Roe versus Wade to be overturned, that was a pretty clear finding, um, the support for abortion rights kind of diminishes the later in pregnancy you get. So roughly some of the polling I've seen, I think, from Marquette University is that when you get to about a ban at 15 weeks, about as many Americans oppose it as support it. And you move that line back earlier, people oppose it. You move that line later, people oppose it. So there is kind of a spot somewhere in the middle where maybe people are comfortable with, and it's, it's not, it, it's not quite clear where people, where the best place to draw the line is politically. Um, so you know, is it ten weeks, it is twelve weeks, is it fifteen weeks or something else? Is there some mix of of policy that will cause a, a sizable majority of people to say, Okay, we're comfortable with that. We don't have
0: to like it completely, but we're comfortable with that. Um Well and in, in in fairness to Jason's point, the governor has not does does not really seem to want to embrace this as a campaign issue. The attorney general certainly does not, and and interestingly, I think in the last few weeks, his campaign has been really focused on a slate of issues that seem very targeted at the kind of voters, particularly in a place like Johnson County. Well,
2: and, and one Democrat kind of snarkily referred to it as white suburban woman bingo.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, you have on one hand... Um, doubling down on a ban on transgender mm-hmm. athletes and girls and women's sports. And today, I believe he came out kind of doubling down on the Parents Bill of Rights issue. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, coming out in support of uh, sales tax exemption for feminine hygiene products and diapers, which is a Democrat proposal that has really gone nowhere in the Republican supermajority legislature. Uh,
1: the education was a big talking point for both candidates during the debate and it it clearly is an issue that both candidates think they can win on uh, but with different views on education Uh, Laura Kelly has really hit hard on funding for schools and uh, Derek Schmidt has focused a lot of his speaking time on pandemic restrictions Early on, uh, Laura Kelly was the first governor in the state, in the country, to close down schools for the pandemic. Uh, and he had a line about how it doesn't really matter if you fully fund schools if you're going to close them down. Uh, it,
2: and her response was that, I, I think her exact words were, I'll never apologize for protecting Uh, our children or something or the health of our children something like that yeah that it's an interesting contrast some republicans will say that typically education particularly education funding is a tough issue for them and a good issue for democrats because democrats of course you know are can promote the idea of more and more funding, and it plays well for them in places like Johnson County, where the uh, public schools are considered sort of a uh, a jewel that attracts families to the area, and it's been that way for since World War II, actually, and and so it, even conservative Republicans aren't going to run around saying, yeah, I'm in favor of cutting funding for public schools. And 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 so they've often been on the defensive in these debates about school funding. But what's interesting now is since Glenn Youngkin, the Republican in Virginia, won that governor's race there last year um, in, in a pretty blue state, and some of that was uh, talking about parental rights. I think a lot of Republicans nationwide perked up and saw that and they saw an issue and some of that is just driven by the frustration parents have had that they weren't in control of when their kids got back into school Uh, republicans will argue that when they were doing schooling at home by zoom they saw stuff they didn't like Um, and there have been some studies that suggest that test scores Uh, and student performance suffered because of the pandemic lapse.
0: Well, I think the exact kind of subsection of voters Schmidt is targeting here, as one Republican consultant put it to me, is he wants the voters who maybe voted for Kelly in 2018 and or voted no in the amendment in August, but also turned out to vote in school board elections last year in Kansas. We do our uh, many of our local elections in off years. Um and push through some pretty big changes to what the school boards, particularly in Johnson County and the Wichita area, look like as far as things like parental rights and you know, the teaching of Uh, race and history. Sure. And And on the on the
2: one hand you can say, well, show me that voter. Show me the voter who voted for Kelly against the amendment on abortion, who then turned around and put somebody really conservative in place in a, on a public school board. Show me the voter. On the other hand, what when AP uh, did a poll with—the uh, the acronym is NORC. I, I'm blanking on the exact what it stands for. When they did a poll in April, one of the things it showed was that half of all Americans don't think parents— have enough control over what's taught in schools and of course those numbers are significantly higher for republicans and independents so you know what where uh, is it, it it seems then from that polling it's possible for parents who voted for Kelly in 2018 having had the experience of the pandemic and some other things might take a chance on somebody who is conservative but is talking more about parental control. And, and you know, Kansas has seen this dyma- dynamic before in state school board races where um, conservatives, candidates for the school board have picked a series of issues, things like efficiency and accountability for teachers and schools and, and issues like that, and then gotten into power and then turned around and you know <laughs> gutted the teaching of uh, the uh, of edu- evolution and science standards and you know backlash back and forth. So
0: um, well, and Jason, it kind of the cherry on top of all this is the attorney general is having a rally in Olathe on Sunday with a special guest.
1: Yeah, so by the time you listen to this, the rally will likely have already happened. That's true. Uh, but Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will be in Kansas. He's making a few stops nationwide, uh, helping Republicans in their uh, statewide elections. And perhaps uh,
0: not harming his own uh, presidential aspirations. In 2024.
1: Yeah, that's
2: kind of helping Republicans win around the country. That's kind of a prerequisite for running for president president at least since richard nixon and in 68 and probably further
1: back and one of desantis's stops will be in olathe uh and this was news at the before the state fair debate happened there was somebody i believe from the kelly cheering section who started who tried to start a chant of kansas desantis presumably as a knock on Derek Schmidt.
0: but I I think the Schmidt campaign people would be perfectly happy with that. Right.
1: Of all the chants that happened at the state fair debate, I think Kansas DeSantis is something that everybody there would be willing to chant.
2: Yeah. And, you know, DeSantis has got this very high profile for a governor for for a couple of things. One is for the uh, conservative education policy that... Um, Florida has enacted the I think it's known informally as the don't say gay bill about what's taught on uh, on sexuality and gender identity and all those issues in public schools and when they're taught what grades that sort of thing. And 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 Governor DeSantis uh, disputes that label. Um, The other thing is, of course, is that he gained lots and lots and lots of national attention for being one of the Republican governors who, through their COVID policies in terms of business restrictions and stuff like that, lack thereof maybe is a better way to put it, uh, really sought to be a counterpoint to the Biden administration and Democratic governors' who tended to be more aggressive about those things, Kelly included. And, and of course, as we've discussed on the podcast, we had months and months and months of conflict between uh, Kelly and the Republican legislature over how much power the governor should have in pandemics and emergencies.
0: Uh, one thing that maybe is worth noting for readers, because you mentioned the Kelly cheering section, is the state fair debate is not like other debates. This is not a ballroom at a university somewhere where there's no audience or they like handcuff the audience to their chairs. The audience is encouraged to cheer and jeer and scream and do basically whatever their heart desires. Wave signs. Lieutenant Governor David Toland lost his voice cheering during the debate to give you an idea. Uh, there was at one point Kelly supporters, I believe the intent was to start cheering Bull Schmidt. I can't say what many of them actually were chanting because the FCC might uh, get involved. But I, Jason, I, you've, you've never been to one of these before, right? I, I had not. I, I thought it was a pretty yeah. interesting experience.
1: I, so did I, but I I don't think anybody's minds... Were swayed by the debate. If you were listening online, uh, or if you happened across the stage while at the fair and decided to stand around for a bit, the raucousness and uh, some of the pointed attacks. I, if you were an undecided voter, I'm not sure that that would have been how you'd want to get your information.
2: Well, and 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 you know, there's a lot of commentary about how old school this. Debate style is. I mean, this kind of harkens back to the 19th century when these kind of debates were public entertainment. I, I would agree it's hard to see undecided voters uh, what they got from the debate that would make up their minds definitively um, unless you were, you, you know, unless it was a simple matter of. Well, Kelly's crowd seemed a little louder, so, you know, if that was going to be your reasoning. Um, You know, for a long stretches of that debate, the discussion between the two candidates was in stark contrast to the raucousness of the crowd. I mean, for a while, for big chunks of time, we were watching two policy wonks. Uh, get down into the weeds on some of these and, issues
1: and the very first question forced them to do that yes on child care and uh the shortage of that in kansas and, that, and, and, and then they got into DCF. foster care
0: which is an important issue but definitely not one that is conducive to a um populist setting i don't
2: yeah think. um and so that 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 to me was interesting i mean it, 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 there were only a few points where uh, especially laura kelly kind of gave you a broad argument for her uh reelection
0: well i would say the attorney general did too and the
2: attorney general had a few of those moments as well
0: but um, I mean, we can save people the hour and a half of listening to it basically by summing, summarizing it as thus. Laura Kelly says, I saved state government from the days of former Republican Governor Sam Brownback. My opponent would want to go back to those days. The Attorney General's argument is the governor spends too much and has instituted too much bureaucracy and is like Joe Biden.
1: And hasn't made enough progress in four years. There you
0: go, folks. I saved you. Yeah, there's some.
2: uh, You know, the best. The best moment, probably from a Kansas Paul perspective, was when uh, Laura Kelly, getting the last word in in a rebuttal, looked at Schmidt and said, "Derek, do you really believe we were better off under Sam Brownback than than we are now?" Um, And or. Uh, that those aren't her exact words, and
1: and that with at least with the crowd seemed to land. Uh, but also, per debate rules, I don't think Derek Schmidt would have been allowed to respond. No, he, he, he no. could have at a different question. But but what was his body language? Kind of like a shrug to the question. Yeah,
0: I, it's funny to me because in the 2020 State Fair debate, which was. Which was conducted in a COVID-safe way, not in front of a raucous crowd. Roger Marshall did the exact same thing to Barbara Bollier and many of Marshall's top staff, Schmidt's top staff. I thought it was kind of interesting and uh, it kind of trying trying to get that jab in, uh, well, and, that memorable line that you can use and reuse. Yeah, and
2: and that I mean, and and the interesting thing about that as a supposedly memorable line, and I know Democrats think it is. Um, because they're banking on the idea that Sam Brownback, even five years or so after he left office, is un- remains politically unpopular. There's not been any recent polling on that. But the, th- the interesting thing about that line is it's kind of inside. It's kind of a Kansas line in that you have to know what she, I mean, you have to know what she means. She means the tax-cutting experiment that was followed by big budget deficits and that which then rendered Brownback arguably unpopular and and the fallout and who gets the blame from that. Um so I'm not sure how effective that line is with um casual voters, casual observers of politics, but I guess, you know, since they're hitting it constantly and in her ads and Sharice Davids' ads, I guess we might be able to get some sense in November.
1: One theme from the Schmidt campaign, well, I well, from Schmidt himself on the debate stage, that uh, really stuck with me was how anti-regulation he was. And I suspect that that theme stuck with the governor, too, after the debate, because we went from Saturday state fair debate where the attorney general is saying we, he, his office, isn't getting enough help from the governor in standing up to Biden regulations. Then comes along Tuesday and we get a news release from the governor and agriculture secretary that they are standing with farmers against the EPA on proposed regulations on an herbicide, atrazine. Uh, so, it-
0: proof that in an election year, anything can come. Well, and, and the timing of that
2: was was very interesting. And and the criticism from uh, Schmidt was that yeah, that she stands by and does nothing as the Biden administration does all this stuff that, in Republicans' mind, is hideous. Um, and we could have another whole podcast over the discussion about exactly how hideous it should be considered but be that as it may that was a major strain of of we need less regulation that was a major strain of his argument and you know obviously that is a recurring theme that plays well for republicans with republicans and maybe some independents less
1: regulation except on abortion clinics I'll let you pursue that line of argument. (laughs) Um, But,
2: yeah, I mean, uh, the the issue is then when you get into, well, which regulations are you going to get rid of? And, you know, and and the issue of, well, if you loosen up uh, food safety regulations, for example, do more people get
1: sick? And regulations... As a concept, kind of, will be on the ballot in November. That's true. Yes, or
0: at least the legislature's power to U- overturn, usurp. Them. Yeah, the, the governor's administration on them. Which I think that also almost could be a whole podcast episode. Maybe that's a good idea for a whole podcast episode as we get closer to the election. Yes. Um, well, I think if we-,
2: we can make that interesting to readers, we can make to listeners. We can make anything interesting to listeners. <laughs> We're well, going to talk for an hour about administrative rules and regulations. Yeah, that
0: sound you just heard was hundreds of viewers turning off their podcast listening devices. I think we'll,
2: we'll just we'll just I think we'll just intersperse that discussion with random references to Britney Spears and and Kim Kardashian. We'll, we'll just do that.
1: We we could probably get the eight or so members of the Rules and Regulations Committee and maybe a handful of uh general counsels for state agencies
0: well fight fight
2: fight we just we just here but the gist of this is that regulations uh imposed by agencies can have every bit as much of an effect on people's lives as Laws can. I mean, you know, sometimes these regulations fill in what the laws say. So, you know, if you're, for example, you're operating a home daycare center, there are a whole bunch of rules you're supposed to follow to keep it safe for the toddlers and and preschoolers in your care. And there's always an argument about how burdensome that is, which was something, by the way, Schmidt
1: got to in talking about child care. Well... Uh, so John is somebody who has been to more of these state fair debates than the rest of us here combined. Uh, do you have a sense on who won, or is that a term you steer clear? Oh, of? I totally, I totally steer
2: clear away from who won, who lost. How do you gauge who won, who lost? Is it the person who shouted the loudest, or what? I'm, I'm, my mind is always working in in terms of what what have I heard that I haven't heard before what you know did one candidate stumble and say something that will upset supporters uh that sort of thing that's always what I'm thinking about and and because who won and who lost is so subjective I mean frankly everybody says they
1: won whether they did or not well, uh, for what it's worth, only one of the candidates took media questions. She didn't say necessarily, "I won," and my opponent lost, but she did speak to us that that would of course would be the governor. The attorney general did not stick around to talk with us he
2: uh, he and his his staff ushered him past us as at the back of the venue. and
0: there is video of that that has been making the rounds on on social media uh if you want a good shot uh, john Hanna in action it is a good video to watch uh, i'm the fat guy
2: okay that's <laughs> that's the one you, the fat guy with the beard and the camera the two bags one for the laptop and the camera bag the camera that's me
1: and then shortly after that video, we all went and filed our stories, and then we ate fried food at the well, state yes, fair. The real
0: winners of the state fair debate were, without a doubt, the press corps.
2: Yes. Well, what we we were discussing the uh, the prevalence of the uh, big stick industry, right? Because it seemed like three-quarters of the food is on sticks there.
1: There was one person who was not on the debate stage and sat himself in the front row. Oh, Dennis Pyle. And Bile. then ended up... In the uh, vestibule of the building uh, where we were filing from the floor. Was that the
2: Arc building?
1: Yes. And uh, that
0: should be the real dateline in my story. Uh, dateline, well, like like when when
2: war correspondents uh, uh, dateline their stories from the aircraft carrier they're on. Yes. <laughs> High above Mount Suribachi.
0: Dash. Sorry, uh, he, he, I guess the good senator from Hiawatha, big fan of seafood. Uh, that,
1: that was my understanding was that Senator Dennis Pyle was going to try to look for some seafood, uh, but he he uh, in Kansas. Well, there was a seafood uh, shop there at the fair. I did not try it. Uh, my guess I, is I everything
0: had, is fried. I,
1: I mean, had. Uh, I mean,
2: unless it, they're. I mean, unless they're they're serving Topeka river carp don't they have to fly it in from somewhere else
1: i don't know i have the many fried lobsters roaming kansas and then i had a, a fried cheesecake and then i had a moink ball yes, yes john moink. this is your favorite
2: yes moink moink is my favorite for the uninitiated and when you go to the state fair you have to try the moink moink is uh, meatballs wrapped in bacon, moo oink moink, uh, with some tangy barbecue sauce on a stick. Of course, it's really it, good. Actually. It's really good. And in the context of state fair food, it's a nice dose of protein without
0: anything fried on it. <laughs> Which it's it says something about the culinary setting when a bacon wrapped meatball is on the healthier <laughs> end of the spectrum. <laughs> I do I do
2: have a weakness for. Pronto pups as well, the 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 corndog staple of the state fair and roasted corn. I'm like an adult version of the corn kid on TikTok.
1: Yeah, I I went there with my one goal to eat some corn just for the TikTok GIF How'd that go? video and I did not try any corn. Oh Jason, Jason. I did Jason. not have the juice. <laughs> But you know who he stopped there? You know who does have the juice? This podcast.
0: Yes. Always. <laughs> and always. Um
1: We will tell you all about it. I can't tell The combination a more beautiful here thing. is
2: like a good, well
0: done moink. Yes. <laughs> are you the are is the AP the meatball and we are the bacon that wraps the meatball? Well, given my
2: physical appearance, yeah. Oh the, no, the no I didn't mean it
1: like that. <laughs> You see, I, I would say because we tend to get better word count limits on our stories, we can be the meteor meatball. Uh, fair meatball. enough. Fair
0: enough. Well, however you slice it, if you want to read the Capital Journal's coverage, State Fair and otherwise, you can log on to www.cjonline.com or follow us on Twitter, at Cjonline. Like us on Facebook, Instagram. Unlike the Corn Kid, we're not on TikTok, but maybe we'll get around to that. Jason? Where can they find you and your uh, juice?
1: At Jason underscore Tid on Twitter.
0: And I am at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. John? At
2: APJD Hannah, And then my stories are at www.apnews.com. We're doing the smooth hand movement, smooth as fried butter,
0: Kansas. <laughs> um, and if you want to listen to back episodes of this podcast... What better time than the present? You can go to anywhere fine podcasts are found. Think Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or you can log on to cjonline.com, and when Andrew remembers to post them, <laughs> they will be there. Well, and, and and is there a state fair special this week? Y'all,
2: I mean, everybody should go to the state fair. It's a lot of fun. Our, to quote Rogers and Hammerstein, I had a theater kid, our state fair is a great state
0: fair, so... Jason, moo. I
1: I was more thinking the hills are alive with the sound of music. So the the podcast is alive with the sound of
2: podcasters. We're alive with this. (laughs) Oink. And on
1: that note,
0: Jason. (laughs) Andrew. John. Jason, Andrew. Thank you for coming on. And we will see you guys. And we will see you all, the listener, back here next week. Same time, same place.